Hey everyone, welcome to CSM Secrets and in this episode we have Dana Souza, Head of Customer Solutions and CEO of Dana Souza Customer Solutions, a boutique consulting firm that offers career coaching services for organizations that are looking at hiring the world-class customer success talent. And the why of how Dana started this firm is an interesting story by itself. Tune in and listen to this really awesome episode. Hey Dana. Very happy to have you in CSM Secrets today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, no problem, Shuba. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, and you're a, you're a superstar in the CS space, and you're the CEO of Dana Souza Customer Solutions, and also a very well-known professional in the field of customer success. And you've spent a significant portion of your career in customer success. Now, the first thing all of us would like to know is about your journey. And most of all, what made you take the plunge to start your own venture? Walk us through the journey. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for saying I'm such a megastar. I don't feel like one, but it's nice to know that people think of me that way. Um, okay, so yeah, um, what kind of had me take the plunge? So I've been in customer success for about seven years um, and seen it delivered in all different types of ways. And I would say one of one of the biggest skill sets that I have is finding and filling gaps. So when COVID hit, um, you know, unfortunately I was laid off with, uh, you know, the vast majority of America. And um, I really, I, I saw this trend that was happening all of a sudden where I, when, when you used to apply for jobs, there was maybe 20 people applying for customer success positions. And then after COVID, it was like, two to 500 people applying for every single job. So to me, I thought, okay, I love to find and fill gaps. What's a gap here? Well, obviously these, for me, the gap is I need to, you know, I need to get from unemployed to employed. And then for other people, because I want to make, you know, a meaningful contribution in other people's lives, I thought, how could I also help all these people that are applying for these jobs that I know don't know anything about customer success. So um, I wrote an article on LinkedIn about it or, or started to write an article, but then it became a white paper and then it became an, um, an ebook. Then it became a four-part four ebook that then uh, turned into an entire uh, company built around helping uh, newbies break into the customer success space. And then over the last uh, year and a half, you know, my company has continued to grow above and beyond just servicing all those great newbies out there. That is truly entrepreneurial, right? To find a solution for the mass market from out of a personal uh, journey, from a personal pain point, and then be of value to a million people. That's, that's a true entrepreneur. Uh, speaking, you know, oh, <laughs> so you're, you're, you're many things, customer success, but something about your work that caught my attention was, as you were pointing out, your specialized training for customer success, newbies and professionals and aspiring applicants. Tell us more about your venture itself and what is unique about your training that they can't find elsewhere. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is I wanted to be able to build training around the customer success principles. So it's really based on that ebook that I've um, been writing and uh, have released two parts. I'm going to be re releasing part three shortly. And one thing that I think is different is that, you know, I'm 
taking it from the perspective of instead of thinking of customer success as customer success, put your employment uh, success and on top of those customer success principles. So in short, it's using customer success principles to be able to find a job, exceed on the job, get promoted, um, you know, and really make a difference within the organization that, that you're at. So I would say that's the biggest one. And then also, I really love marketing and coming up with really creative programs and somehow finding a way to package them in something that's really understandable for people. So um, one of the first parts of my business that I released was the Customer Everything Club. And it's basically 10 steps to land your dream customer success job. And I call it learn your ABCs. So it's assess build and capture in order to find that first job. So that that's another uh, part of it that I think makes it a bit unique is how I've kind of packaged it and made it available for the masses in a more automated self-service fashion through uh, the Customer Everything Club. That's awesome. Let me check that uh, Customer Everything Club because this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Thanks for sharing with us. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. So Continue on the conversation, right? What's your proven strategy for growth uh, for organizations through customer success? Like, I know that, um, you know, like other CS leaders, you do believe CS is the foundation of growth looking forward. And let's say there are organizations that are still new to a CS adoption, um, as well as mature organizations that have CS in their charter. What are some strategies that you recommend that can put them on a rocket ship? Well, you know, I would say actually, You know, when you're thinking about um, adoption plays, expansion plays, retention plays, you know, so on and so forth, to me, I feel like that should really be built during kind of the start phase. So there's, you know, I see there's like three um, buckets or stages to a company's growth and customer success. Start grow and scale. And so when we're talking about it from an adoption perspective, I would actually put that in, you know, during the kind of startup phase, not necessarily during the growth phase, because the growth phase should really be more about building, documenting, and operationalizing what you've already proven is true, that you know works. So when I think about adoption plays, that would be more kind of in the startup realm where you're like discovering and piloting, testing, iterating, and one, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that you could go about it an adoption play. I think, you know, kind of step one is establish a goal that you have. What is it that you're trying to achieve? You know, be able to measure the, the, um, uh, the effectiveness by making sure that you're measuring before and after. So it'd be like, number one, establish the goals. Number two would be kind of create a program or some sort of campaign to address that lack of adoption. And then three would be, you know, measuring that effectiveness uh, effectiveness by measuring it before and after, and then iterating on that process until you have it dialed in, then you can start looking at, uh, you know, that growth phase um, and really 
building and operationalizing and documenting those wins. Um, but to answer your question about an adoption place specifically, one that I really like that I've used a number of times is to be able to pull whatever kind of usage or utilization data you can and then interview the end users in a very standardized format so that you can measure its effectiveness. Um, because for me, end users are the ones that really, really know um, what's great about the product, what's wrong with the product, why they're not adopting the product, right? It's the end users that, tip, that aren't adopting it. Those are the people that you really need to reach. Um, and then... Once you've interviewed all of them, you know, you want to be able to develop some sort of program around that issue, whether it be training or, you know, um, addressing a particular product issue or raising an awareness for a particular module within the software that maybe they just don't even know exists that really provides that stickiness. That's one I, I really like. I've done several times and it's uh, it's been really successful. And I've trained a lot of my clients on how to do that. They've had, uh, they've had great success with it too. Wow. Thank you for that. And just continuing on the similar thread, right? Scaling CS seems to be staring at the phase of large and small organizations alike, right? As your organization grows and if customer success is at the heart of it, you also need to need to scale CS in tandem, right? Any thoughts on how uh, to tackle that problem? It's a good problem to have. Any recommendations? And is training a part of this or you would go all digital? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, uh, so... Like I was saying before with that, you know, you've got those three stages, start, grow and scale. And so if we're looking at kind of that growth stage and kind of what's key to that, it would be, you know, building, documenting and operationalizing. So you want to start building your processes, you know, um, documenting the customer journey, you know, building out training programs, um, operationalizing those, you know, across the organization. So there's a lot of, there's like a ton of cross collaboration that goes into that growth stage. And, um, you know, you really want to kind of be focusing on what works, what doesn't work, um, you know, make anything that you've documented um, accessible and, you know, operationalize those kind of proven, repeatable processes. And, um, and like I said, you know, this idea of cross-collaboration and operationalizing all of this, a key part of that is, you know, getting buy-in. A lot of change management goes into, uh, into that growth stage a lot, a lot, a lot. So when you're thinking about hiring, you know, this is where you want to make sure that you've got somebody in that role that is a generalist a little bit more than somebody that specialized, which is when you would start actually scaling. So, you know, during that scaling time, you want to be working on automating, specializing, and then hiring for those specializations. So, you know, one thing that I really love, there's this McKinsey report about determining your CSM's DNA, your customer success manager's DNA. 
And that really goes into, you know, the start stage one, and then you're operationalizing that CSM DNA after you've interviewed all the CSMs that work for you and you understand what makes a successful one for your organization, then you can, uh, you can actually hire for that and, um, be able to start really scaling in, you know, a proven model. Um, And then I would say, actually, you know, this idea that I was saying, you know, with the start, grow and scale, um, you could think of that stage one as being really customer focused. You know, you're, you're discovering, piloting, iterating for the customer. So you're doing lots of interviews. Everything is very customer focused. You're finding product market fit. You know, you're finding what works, what doesn't. And then during that growth stage, um, you become more internally focused. You know, you're, you've got your CS ops people, you know, you are, um, documenting your building processes, everything is really um, focused a little bit more internally to make it a well-oiled machine for those customers that you had kind of focused on in discovering in the state and the start phase. And then finally, in the scale phase, then it becomes more outcome focused, right? So now you are very much, you know, focused on the customer and making sure that you're providing the services and the things that they need to be, um, you know, to gain the outcomes that they want. So it's less about the features and functions of the product and, you know, making sure that the product works well, making sure that there's no issues with the product. And then you're able to become more outcome focused. You're selling services you're automating everything, you're specializing your teams, you're hiring for specific specialties, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I would say there's kind of three phases to that. And scaling is um, something that should come at the end. And I, I guess I'm I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I feel like the yeah. thing that everyone's talking about these days is scale, scale, scale. But first you've got to make sure that you're discovering, piloting, iterating, then building, documenting, operationalizing, and then finally scaling, you know, automating AI, machine learning, uh, you know, defining specialties, hiring for those specialties, and then you can really kind of take off. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And so my last question, uh, right before I jump to the rapid fire, looking at 2022 and beyond, where do you see the future of CS practice? Some trends that you are spotting that you would like to share? Yeah, sure. So like I talked about, you know, AI and machine learning to be able to better automate engagements is going to be huge. Um, And then uh, number two would be, you know, we've, we figured out high touch now. Everybody's figured out high touch. So now we have to scale through tech touch and automation. And then number three, I would say, I could see we'd be moving from more of like that functional CSM group, which right now people are starting to adopt that everything post-sales isn't just 
CSM as a function. It's CSM as an entire group post-sales. But taking that one step further, I would say that the customer will be in the middle and the, the company will journey around the customer. And so the organization structure um, won't be by function. It will be by uh, journey stage. Um, and then also, I think finally would be hiring from the outside. There's only so many people out there that have CS experience. It's really getting to a point where you have to, um, you know, start looking outside for those hires and getting creative in how you do that. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So we picked your brain enough on the serious topics. And now we would like to find out more about Dana as a person. And that's our um, you know, rapid fire round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. So you're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back and you're working from there forever. Connectivity and everything else are should. What are three functions at work you would take along with you? <laughs> I love that. Um, I would say uh, professional services, uh, a CSM, and then uh, most definitely a data scientist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So a bunch of fresh college graduates with absolutely no background in customer success come to you for a job application, and all of them have the same skill sets. What would take for them to get into Dana's team? Um, I would say they have to have some customer facing experience. Uh, I mean, that's really a must have if you're going to be a customer focused org, customer facing experience. Second, uh, excellent writing skills, because there's going to be, you know, a lot more automation, a lot more done over email and within uh, tools. So writing is going to be really important. Um, And then third would be depending on the product and the company, I would say you really, I'd want to hire for, you know, uh, sales, if they have experience, maybe in sales or in teaching or in customer service, something like that, depending on the product being sold in the company. All right. So if there is one favorite cartoon character of yours that you think represents a good customer success manager, which one would you choose? (laughs) Uh, oh gosh, that's tough. Maybe like uh, a cross between, um, you know, I don't know, Smokey the Bear, and, <laughs> and uh, actually, no, I think Smokey the Bear is perfect. You know, you've got they've got to be warm and cuddly and friendly, but they also have to be focused on you know outcomes and making sure that fires don't start. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're most inspired by whom or why or what? Like what wakes you up every day? Well, you know, I, I would say from the customer success perspective, right? Not from, you know, like my personal life perspective, but within customer success, I love Christy Falteruso. And um, the reason why I love her so much and she inspires me is she gives, gives, gives to our community over and over and over again. She has her hands out and provides to, uh, you know, the, the customer success community. And I love that she's just all about educating and helping all those newbies and CSMs, you know, um, and leaders, customer success leaders, uh, learn everything that they need to in order to excel in this field. I love her. Nice. For that. nice. 
So what is one unique skill that you bring to the table that you think everyone can imbibe or adopt to be successful in CS? Um, you know, I would say for me, the biggest unique skill I have that I love the most is finding and filling gaps. You know, I'm more of a generalist and that is my number one unique skill that I think makes me really marketable because in order to find and fill gaps, you have to be able to operationalize. And that is my, that's my thing. That's my jam. I love CS <laughs> ops and, uh, you know, being able to find and fill those gaps to get, make sure that the customers are getting, you know, the best experience possible. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily what everyone, every CSM should have. It depends on the stage, like I mentioned, but uh, that's definitely you unique skill of mine that uh, I think is really important to have, especially if you're in a growth stage. Okay. So according to you, where did you go totally wrong in your career, in CS or outside? Any misses that you would like to call out for others to avoid? (laughs) I hate putting this stuff out in the stratosphere, but I'll tell you. So I would say, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get my first job as a customer success director because it was a previous customer that hired me into that position. Um, I went directly into another director role, and I wish I hadn't done that. I actually wish that I had gone from that director role into a lower level role, like a senior CSM at a large company, like I did when I you know, um, ended up working at Dun & Bradstreet, because that's when you really learn how customer success is delivered, what customer success is. There's only so much that books and, uh, you know, education that's out there in the community can tell you, you have to actually experience it. So I would say that was a big miss and something I, I encourage people if they get in, um, you have to get your feet wet in a small company at first, but then from there, make sure that you tr- try and work for, you know, a company that really has CS figured out to get educated as quickly as possible. That'll make a big difference in your career trajectory. Yeah. So how do you handle tough situations with customers? Your strategy to avoid, uh, avoid confrontations going in a negative direction that has always worked. Um, I sympathize by making them feel heard and understood. I think that is the number one key thing is making sure that you're always sympathizing with the customer. You let them speak and vent and all of that. And then once they feel heard and understood, they're much more willing to, you know, work with you on anything that, uh, you know, is currently an issue for them. All right. What is the funniest moment you've ever had with a customer? Oh my God. <laughs> These are so hard to answer in like less than a minute. Oh, funniest. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I really, <clears throat> I would say I've had fun moments, you know, where I've gone golfing and, uh, you know, been able to sit down and have a beer with my clients and really talk to them just about life. I love doing that. For me, those are the funnest moments. I don't know if I necessarily have a funniest, but those would be some of my my most fun. Nice. So what does Jana, the brand stand for in value? Assume you're not in the room. What do you think people are whispering about you right now? I would really love it. I'd love it, Suba, Shuba, if people saw me as someone who made a marked difference in their lives in some way. So, you know, 
I would say like meaningful contribution, you know, part of those values on my website, you know, meaningful contribution, endless curiosity, caring about listening to others and understanding them and then uh, and then delivering on the outcomes that they need, whether it's in a conversation with you in this podcast or it's in, you know, educating CSMs or it's helping CS leaders, you know, grow and expand their business. I just want to make sure that I'm making a mark difference in other people's lives. I would love, I'd love that. I'd love nice. That. That's a very noble thought. And, and finally, um, you know, what would you like to say for our audience to remember you by any final thoughts, quotes or hammering message um, or anything that you want to share so our audience will always remember you? Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, I, I was in sales in the, in the latter part of my career. And, you know, there was this mantra that seemed to permeate of buyers are liars. So I really want to do away with that. And, um, and so I kind of have a, a little bit of a saying, actually, uh, turn them and burn them is a thing of the past. Instead, we want to engage them and grow them because that's ultimately how you um, grow them and keep them. (laughs) If we're always focused on, you know, making sure that we're engaging them and giving them the outcomes they want, they'll stay forever. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful session, Dana. And I know it's an early morning that you did for us. Thank you so much. And, you know, hope to meet you in person sometime soon and all the very best for your venture to grow and reach much bigger heights. Uh, Thanks, Shuba. Same to you. Thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. It's always nice to uh, be able to share thoughts with the community and I appreciate you giving me a platform to do it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you soon with yet another inspiring leader in my next episode. Thank you for listening.